glad you guys are here. Um, op- open your Bibles up to Matthew 2. Matthew 2. We have one verse this week. I'm making it really easy for you guys. Super, super easy. I'm making it easy for the kids. We're going to try to be fast here. You're like, Ethan, I don't believe you. Trust me. <laughs> Trust me. It's going to be, please, yes. My kids are up here. They're like, I, I, I'm just watching them as a barometer of when we need to be done. And they've been here since 7.30 in the morning, so trust me, they'll be done before your kids. <laughs> awesome. Um, so when I was a kid, I played in a kids program a long, long time ago, and I was one of the three wise men. I was like this tall, somebody took like, I don't know, like eyebrow liner and made a beard on my face as a little kid. And I just remember playing that role, being one of the three kings or one of the three wise men, and just feeling so awesome um, in that kid's play, just being like, yeah, I'm one of the three wise men. Um, and I, I think, like, since that moment, I remember just kind of, like, walking away, not really thinking anything other than, oh, these three wise men, they're great. They brought gifts to Jesus. That's great. But, like, they've, they've really been stuck in my heart, even this whole year, just thinking about the three wise men were in many ways... The, the very first worship leaders on the earth. Like when Jesus came, they were one of the very first people to be like, no, we're going to go and worship him. Um, and I just think it's absolutely profound, the, the distance that they traveled. And so we're going to get into that. I'm going to show you guys some pictures. Yes, pictures. You don't see that often. But we're going to get into some, some pictures. But um, a, a few years ago, it would have been five or six years ago, Nate, myself, Brad, a few other people, we went on a hike on Pictured Rocks up in the UP. Anybody been to Pictured Rocks? It's incredible. Like, it doesn't even look like Michigan. It just looks like you're in the Caribbean. or It's just, it's so bizarre. Um, but we went on this super long hike that's like 40 miles. The first time we did it, we did like, was it like 20 miles on the first day? Um, we... <laughs> One of the wise men took them the wrong direction. I think that that guy who led them in the wrong direction was the wisest one because he wanted to explore, you know. It's part of, that was me. I took the wrong, <laughs> I took the wrong turn. The, there was a fork in the road, and I said, ah, this is the right way. And we ended up going over dunes and literally, like, taking our shoes off, getting our feet wet. And then eventually after, like, three or four or five miles just in the wilderness, literally in the wilderness going through being like, hey, bear, like trying to make sure bears were, like we were not where, like, hey, bear. <laughs> it's, we're in areas where it's like, you don't want to be because like the bears are going to be snack on something and be like, what are you guys doing here? You're supposed to be that way. Um, and I was just thinking like, so that, we did like 20 miles that first day. My feet were so torn apart in one day. I've never had the bigger blisters in my life. Some of you are like, TMI, here we go. I had blisters that were like a, a silver dollar size on my heel. I got done with the first day of hiking, and I was like, I'm, I'm good. We're, we're good. Let's, you guys want to get out? And one of the, somebody, there was actually like a little bit of an emergency that happened, and I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> somebody, somebody's blood sugar got really low, and we were like, oh, thank God we get to get out of here. I'm like, thanks, bud. I don't need to be the reason we're leaving, but... <laughs> It was really welcomed. Um, so we ended up doing that trip, and we didn't even accomplish what we came to accomplish, and it actually took us going the next time to accomplish it. But I was thinking about the wise men, and I started looking into, like, how far did these men travel? 
And so all the kiddos in here, the three wise men, just picture three kings, three guys with big old backpacks on. Big old backpacks, some camels, maybe crowns, I don't know. But definitely big old backpacks with some camels. And what they see is they see in the sky, these guys are like, they're men who are studying stars, they're studying manuscripts, they're influenced by Jewish culture, so they're looking into like the coming of different kings and the Messiah, and, um, and, and they're looking for something, they're looking for signs. That's like what they're doing. They're, they're not in Jerusalem, they're like far away, looking for signs of something coming. They don't know what it is or who it is. They're just like, hey, let's, let's watch out for something. We know something's coming. And then boom, this like supernova star explosion, whatever you want to call it, like shows up in the sky. I think it was Holy Spirit. Um, this, this star pops up in the sky where it wasn't. And also now there's a star up in the sky and they go, something new just happened. We should look into this. So they start looking into it, and they're like, I think it's over Jerusalem. And you have to understand, like, these are not Jewish men. These are Gentiles. These aren't men who grew up in the temple hearing about God, Yahweh, and the coming Messiah. These are Gentiles who are like, there's a big deal coming, like a big gift coming, and I want to go experience it. So these three get together, and they're like, dude, this new star, I think it's a sign. We, we read in these books, there was something in Micah about something coming. There was something in, in, in the book of, uh, what was it? Um, in, in, I have it down here. <laughs> Man, stay with me, stay with me. In Micah, which was written 500 years before this, there's a, there's a verse that says, he, he shall stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God, and they shall dwell secure, for now he shall be great to the ends of the earth. So they're hearing about this Messiah. And then in Numbers, there's, there's a uh, verse that says, a star shall come out of Jacob, and a scepter shall rise out of Israel. That was 700 years before that moment in time. So hundreds and hundreds of years before these men are in this position, they're hearing these, there's a scepter, a star coming out of Israel. What is this thing? So they're like, we gotta travel to Israel. So, they see the star, and now I want you, I've got some pictures up here. So can we put the pictures of the, um, the maps up here? Okay. So, more than likely, yes, I have a stick. Okay. So, more than likely, these men came from Babylon. It says that, in the Bible, it says that they came from the east. And so when they came from the east, Many scholars believe they came from Babylon because there was a heavy uh, Jewish influence in that area. And so if they came from Babylon, here's Jerusalem, where everything's going down. Here's Babylon. So it's present-day um, Iraq. So they're coming all the way from Iraq. If you take that and you follow that easiest route all the way to Jerusalem, guess how far that is? 690 miles. So my feet got torn up in 20. And these guys are like, let's travel 690 miles to go see Jesus and see what this thing is. Some of you guys are like, it's too hard to get out of bed and drive to church. <laughs> these guys are like, we're going to give four to five months of our life to this thing. So it would have taken them four to five hundred... Four, four to five months just to travel, that's only from Babylon. If, if the other two locations were Persia, if they started over here, that's a 1,000 miles. 
If they started down here in Yemen, present-day Yemen, or like Saudi Arabia area, that's 1,000 miles. So like more than likely, they traveled 700 miles or more just to see Jesus, okay? It's amazing. Wow is right. Let's go. We got the kids engaged. What's happening? I want, so check this out. So Matthew 2, so we're not just talking about three wise men who traveled really far, good for them, they did a hard thing. I want to tell, talk to you guys this morning, why are they wise? Why, why do we call them wise men? And I believe it's because wise people pursue the Lord. What's the opposite of wisdom? The opposite of wisdom is foolishness. So wisdom says pursue the Lord. Foolishness says stay where you are. Okay, watch this. So Matthew 2, chapter 2, 1. Okay, here we go. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. I want you to notice something. They didn't say, where is the one who is here to become king of the Jews? They said, where is he who is born king of the Jews? Dude, that's discernment. You're like, I don't understand. They didn't say, hey, there's one being born who will one day become the king of the Jews. They were like, hey, the king's here. He's been born. That's amazing. Like, sometimes we look at it like, oh, well, he's going to be king one day. No, they're like, he deserves a crown right now. They're discerning something that nobody else is discerning. And here's the deal. Like, we like to think, oh, it's just the three wise men. They saw a nice star in the sky, and it was just them who saw it. No, everyone could see the star. That's what I believe. I believe everybody could see it. I don't think that it was like, well, otherwise it would have said, well, God only revealed the star to these three men. No, they saw the star, and they said, something's up. But they were the only three to go, something's up, except for the shepherds who were like, la, la. (laughs) All the angels are like, hallelujah. (laughs) Right? But they said, it's, there's been a born a king. He's not becoming a king. He is the king. And then they go to Herod, and they say this. It says, when Herod, in verse 3, when Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and the scribes, which would have been the Pharisees and the Sadducees of that day, when assembling the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was born. So they come saying, there's been a king born, okay, to everybody. Then Herod says, hey, everybody, come here. There's been a king born. Will you tell us where where this king's been born? And they told him, in verse 5, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet, this is Micah, and you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, go and search diligently for the child, And when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way, and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother. And what did they do? They fell down and worshiped him. 
Then they opened their treasures. They offered him gifts, gold, which represents his royalty, frankincense, which represents his deity in the speaking of him being the high priest, and myrrh for his humanity and burial. I heard this really fun, funny uh, meme this week. It says that they said, hey, we got gold and frankincense. Oh, don't worry, there's myrrh. <laughs> classic, classic. Some dad thought that was great. I, I thought it was great too. Me. So they, gave him, they came and they gave him something that represented his royalty. They gave him gifts that represented his high priesthood. And then they give him uh, a gift that represented his humanity and his soon burial 33 years later and then resurrection. Okay, so I want you to see something. Can we put that map back up? They travel a thousand miles. The distance between Jerusalem, they get to Jerusalem, they say, hey, Pharisees, Sadducees, where is this guy? We've come because we saw that he's been born. They say, oh, yeah, that's going down in Bethlehem. How far is that? Six miles. Six miles. Do you know how long it takes to walk from uh, Jerusalem to Bethlehem? Two hours. Two hours. They, the, they had knowledge to tell them there is a king being born in Bethlehem, and these Pharisees and Sadducees, they go, oh, yeah, it's happening in Bethlehem. It's like a two-hour walk from here. And did they go? Oh, my gosh. They didn't go. See, there's so many times, like, I want, I want myself, I want to identify with the three wise men because it's like, yeah, the three wise men. But then I think of how many times has the Lord beckoned me and called my name, and I've gone, ah, oh, that's too hard. Ah, oh, it's too, too far. It's too inconvenient. Ah, oh, two-hour walk, <laughs> right? Americans are like, that. I don't like that. <laughs> Is it like one of those escalator walking things where it gets you there faster, <laughs> like at the airport? Like, what is it, you know? And, and here's the reality. He came. Some of you guys, man, I get prop. I like, I want to give props. Who's, who's driving all the way from Applegate, St. Clair, uh, Port Sandalac? We got people driving far to come to church. Because to them, Jesus matters more than the distance. And I love that. Like, that is wisdom. <laughs> not, that, not because the clearing's amazing, but because they're hungry for what Jesus has. They're hungry. They're, they're literally not allowing inconvenience to stop them from getting at the feet of Jesus. But how often do we hear, dude, Jesus is there. And we go, that's nice. <laughs> Come on, man. Like, how often do we hear, like, this isn't just like a nice, I know you guys are like, I came for a nice, happy Christmas message. That's not what you're getting. <laughs> You, like, we need, we need to, like, wake up right now. Like, in America, everything about church has become about convenience. But Jesus' call was never about convenience. He said, deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow me. It's good to be inconvenienced by the Lord. It's really good. Like, one of the best things you can do for yourself is inconvenience yourself for the Lord. Like, right now, I'm coming off a cold. Do I want us to be speaking right now? Not really. 
But guess what? I know that on the other side of me being obedient, there's treasure to be had. So these three wise men, they, they go to people who have great knowledge, great understanding, but great knowledge and great understanding does not produce obedience. Surrender produces obedience. Knowledge is one thing. Wisdom is something else. Knowledge says, that's nice. Wisdom says, I'm going to put motion into action. Wisdom says, I'm going to do something. Oh, I'll just go to church another day. Two hours is a long time. Two-hour walk. Oh, I'll spend, I'll spend time with my Bible another day. Two hours? One hour? 30 minutes? Oh, I'll, I'll get into my word and spend time with the Lord some other time. How much is he worth it to you? Someone who didn't even know him, and guess what? He was the king of the Jews not the king of the Gentiles yet. So they weren't thinking, this is going to be my king. They said, no, he's just worthy of worship and honor regardless. So they didn't say, what do you have for me, Jesus? What are you going to do for me as my king? They didn't say that. They said, you are worthy regardless. So sometimes we come into church and we go, God, what are you going to give to me? What are you going to do for me? How are you going to bless me? And he goes, ah, Relationship is not about what we get from each other. Relationship is about what we give to each other. But here's the great news. Jesus always takes the first step. He's always the first to give you a gift before you, can, before you even get a chance to say thank you. He goes, bam, blessing, bam, love, bam, peace. That's just who he is. But in America, we just have turned church into what can I get? How convenient can it be for me? And I'm, I'm, t I'm not speaking to you as somebody who has not been inconvenienced by him. Trust me. Like, I'm working a full-time job. I'm not paid a dime here. I just love Jesus. The inconvenience is worth it. It's not just worth it. It is a blessing because the burden that he gives you, it's light and easy. Why? Because it's not mine. He goes, I give you a burden that's light and easy, but guess what? It's not my burden, it's his burden. So anything he gives me to carry, it's unto him and not unto me. What do they say about Jesus? Unto you a child is born. Who's it unto? It's unto you. But in that, that realization that when he speaks to you, he goes, unto you Jesus is born you have a decision you can either go that's really convenient I love that or you can respond and go unto me no unto you and there's something in heaven that's happening right now the elders are constantly <laughs> casting their, their crowns at Jesus' feet but there's somebody who's picking those crowns up and putting them back on their heads how are those crowns getting back on their heads if they're constantly throwing their crowns? Somebody is picking that crown up and putting it back on their head. It's men who have learned the art of wisdom, which says, you are worthy. And he goes, I love you. You are worthy. I love you. That's who we serve. That's who we worship. It's Jesus. 
It's not just baby Jesus. He is the king. And I love that they recognized him as such. They didn't recognize him as one who will one day mature into kingship. They said, he's the king. Oh, man, dude. Isn't that awesome? So like today, on Christmas Eve, there's a star over your house. There's a star over your house, whatever, over your family, however you want to look at it. I believe it's the Holy Spirit saying, he's here. He's here. There's a star over your life. There's a star. It's the, it's the Holy Spirit revealing to you, he has come into this earth, and there's something we must do. And what did the wise men do? They gave him their time, a four- to five-month journey. They gave him their resources, and then they gave him their heart. How did they give them their, their heart? It says that they fell down and they worshiped him. It says that they, it says uh, uh, in verse 11, and they fell down and worshiped him. What in the world, people? You ever been in the nursing, <laughs> the nursing suite at, at McLaren and been like, oh, there's people bowing down to a baby in there? <laughs> Get me out of there. <laughs> you know, like, if you saw that, you'd be like, what is going on? <laughs> right? They had such wisdom, the wisdom propelled them into action. Foolishness says, don't do anything, sit still. Wisdom says, go, move, take action. Foolishness says, I don't want to lift my hands, I don't want to worship, I don't want to move my body, I don't want to sing, I don't want to shout, I'll look weird. Wisdom says, no, he's worthy of it. Wisdom says, I'll give him my sweat, I'll give him my tears, I'll give him my dignity, I'll give him anything he is worthy of, I'll just give it to him. That's wisdom. Foolishness says, dude, and I've been foolish. I wish I could say that I've had more moments of wisdom, but I don't know. I feel like if I looked back, there's been more times where God said, hey, will you do this for me? And I go, I don't know. Two hours is a long walk. Dude, he's calling us into wisdom. And we sang about it this morning, spirit of wisdom, open my eyes. That's his spirit. We talked about it last week. The Holy Spirit, his job is to reveal Jesus to you. He is the spirit of wisdom. He reveals Jesus to us. And so this morning, don't treat today just like any other Christmas Eve. Treat today like an opportunity. Lord, I want to give you my heart, I want to give you my time, I want to give you my resources as a gift to you. So you stand with me. Man, Ethan, that was the fastest message I've ever heard you speak. Substance. Substance. Let's go. And I just want you to put your hand on your heart. If you got your kids next to you, you can, you can like grab their hand with you and, and just pray this like as a, as a, as a uh, family even. And this is what I just ask that you, you'd pray with me. Um, and, and if you're just like, I'm not in a position to give the Lord my time. I'm not in a position to give him my heart. You don't need to pray this prayer. But if you're, if you're ready to yield your life to him, which is to say that when he calls your name, you will move, this is a good prayer. Okay, so we're just going to pray as a family this, this morning. Jesus, will you just pray this after me? Jesus. I give you my time, 
I give you my heart. I give you my resources. You are worthy of it. You are the king, and I am not. I honor you today for your lordship. Okay, say this to me. Lord, I repent for choosing the way of foolishness, which does nothing and does not act. But Lord, I choose the way of wisdom, which says, take action, go to Jesus, and follow him. Amen. Yes, Lord. Come on. Thank you, God.